0: This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, another week of college football in the books. Well, weeks already completed. We are heading into the Thanksgiving week championship week right around the corner. We'll start talking about playoffs. NFL week 11 concluding tonight with the arguably the best regular season game of the year on paper. Rematch Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs. Going to be fun one tonight on Monday Night Football as well. Set the kickoff about a half hour uh, from me recording this podcast. So let's jump right into it with the NFL draft report. For this week, a lot of things we want to talk about, but let's start at the top with our SS teams of the week, our first string, second string teams of the week, and then we'll have other things that really we want to talk about, because now at this point, it's going to be checking in on the big names, the big storylines, injuries, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's get right into the SS first string team of the week at the quarterback position. Carson back out of Georgia, 298 yards and three touchdowns in the easy victory for Georgia over Tennessee. First string running back of the week, Travion Henderson out of Ohio State, 146 yards, two touchdowns, in an easy win for Ohio State over Minnesota, leading up to the big game this week against Michigan. First string wide receiver of the week, Romo Dunze, seven catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Washington had a close victory over Oregon State, and the first string tight end of the week, new name to the mix, out of TCU, senior, he's six foot seven, two 260 pounds, Jared Wiley, had 7 catches, 178 yards, and 2 touchdowns, and it wasn't just one fluky game, he's got a stat line this year of 39 catches, 481 yards, and 6 touchdowns, impressive performance, from Jared Wiley this past weekend, a guy that I think is, you know, even with the, you know, the additions now where Junior's going to the, uh, potentially being invited to the All-Star Games, Jared Wiley's putting a season together at his body type, at his frame, and his production. We're going to see him at one of the All-Star Games. I I, I, I believe that. So Jared Wiley, a guy that I have not had eyes on, excited to get some eyes on him based on this week's performance and the seasonal production that he has put forth. Other things I want to talk about from the first string team of the week. Carson Beck just continues to deliver. We were again to the point now that the crescendo is building. And we talked about Jaden Daniels last week, who with Shady Sanders going back to school, Jaden Daniels is going to be, I think, my QB pre in this draft class, just based on, you know, what we've seen of him. But Carson Beck continues to climb. And if Georgia, you know, goes on to the playoffs and Carson Beck performs well. I think there's a real chance he continues to elevate his stock into the top five quarterback mix, but he also think needs a real chance. He goes back to school next year and then potentially just continue to build that stock up. And maybe we're even talking about high first round if he continues to build on that momentum, but we'll see. But Carson back continues to check off every box, uh, from probably a undrafted guy before the season started to a day three guy to an early day three to a day two. And here we are now, uh, Him really intriguing teams a lot, and we wonder if he could be a guy that pushes his way into that QB4, QB5 mix in this draft class. At the running back position, not much to say about Travion Henderson. I've kind of talked about it. We're starting to see that explosiveness a little bit more. We didn't see it his sophomore year a lot. We saw it a lot that freshman year. It's what got everybody excited about Travion Henderson. It's why he was RB1 in everybody's Debbie ranks for a while at the running back position. We're starting to see that again. It's going to be really interesting to see if Travion Henderson can get loose at all against that tough Michigan defense this upcoming week. Excited for that matchup. Basically, one of the games of the year in college football. And then at the wide receiver position, listen, week after week, Roma Dunze continues to live up to the billing. Outside, prototypical outside X wide receiver can win vertically down the field, but can win in the short to intermediate levels as well. Can go up and high point it. To me, he he's in that top fifteen-ish mix. If there's a team that said they like Romo Dunze more than Keon Coleman or Malik Neighbors, I wouldn't be stunned. I think 2-3-4 is very interchangeable at this point. Romo Dunze every week. Defense has given him a lot of attention. It doesn't matter. The connection that him and Panics have has been special since the first week of the season and throughout. If we take this to the second-string team of the week, the quarterback position, it's Bo Nix out of Oregon, 406 yards, six touchdowns. Oregon uh, destroyed all over Arizona State this past weekend. The second-string running back of the week out of Kansas is Devin Neal, 138 yards and three touchdowns. Second-string wide receiver of the week, Bo Nix's running mate there, Troy Franklin, eight catches, 128 yards and two touchdowns. And the second-string tight end of the week, Back into the SS teams of the week. A couple weeks ago, came back from his injury. Brock Bowers out of Georgia, seven catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. Again, locked in, top 10. The fact that he wanted to get back out there this year speaks volumes of his character, his personality, his work ethic, whether it's the right decision for his draft capital and his draft stock, probably not. But you got to love the attitude and the persona he plays with. That he wants to be out there. He wants to try to help Georgia win another national title. And he didn't just, you know, close up shop after that serious injury earlier in the year. In terms of Troy Franklin, I think he's now, we've talked about him a lot. He's in that mix now, late round one to somewhere in the middle of round two. He could be wide receiver five. Wide receiver, depending on if, you know, and everybody comes out. Maybe wide receiver six, seven. I think that's where Troy Franklin is at the moment. Uh, Devin Neal, an interesting running back who I think has worked his way now into that round three, round four mix, like so many other running backs in this class. It'll be interesting to see, you know, again, how these running backs shake out. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys, I'm battling a little bit of a cough over the last couple of weeks. So you, you might hear me kind of cover up. And if I can get to the mute button fast enough, I will. Uh, but Devin Neal is definitely in the mix there uh, to be somewhere in that round three, round four So many of these running backs, I think that's going to be the sweet spot for these running backs. I think a lot of good running backs are going to get taken in around three through five in this year's draft class. And I think Devin Neal right there in the mix will still continue to see if anybody can push their way into the top 50, even in the round two territory. Some other things that stood out this past week in terms of storylines that I think were important to talk about. uh, Let's talk about injuries first. Last week when I recorded this, I was unaware that Jonathan Brooks had torn his ACL. It was going to be out the year Real buzzkill on a guy who I had been talking about the last couple of weeks as a guy who had elevated his draft stock, that maybe he was in the mix to be RB1, 2, or 3 in this draft class. With, you know, Troy Benson, uh, Trey Benson, and Travion Henderson, and Blake Corum, although Jonathan Brooks was, was, was really building his draft stock to eventually be in that range. For him to tear his ACL really, you know, hurts that draft stock you know, this year, Texas, and you know, he was an integral part of their offense. Uh, really unfortunate. Hopefully he gets back healthy, you know, and we'll see what the future, uh, you know, what that does for his draft stock, what that does for him, you know, in terms of his collegiate career, uh, but obviously a big injury there. And then the other one from this past week, one of my favorites, a guy who I had been talking about, I was much higher on than maybe the consensus, and I really wanted to see if he could win over more of the the mainstream media, and the NFL people, and that was Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Unfortunately, his season and his career at Florida State are over. So once he gets back from his injury, I, I think this kills all chances that for Florida State to make a real run for the national title this year. I thought they could with Jordan Travis at the helm. Uh, I think that becomes almost very low odds. Uh, and now I think Jordan Travis coming back from his injury, not playing in these big moments, I think that definitely probably tickets him for for day three but we'll see we see, we've seen a lot of guys in day three this past year get a chance i have you know the the light left on for jordan travis i'm intrigued by his skill set uh i hope he gets drafted somewhere around four around five and, and gets a chance uh to work his way to a backup and then who knows uh because i there's a lot to his game that i really do uh find translatable to the next level uh Jaden daniels i mean we talked about him last week You know, what more is there to say? I know this week LSU was up again against Georgia Southern or some more Georgia State. 413 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, eight total touchdowns. Almost had another 100 yards rushing. I mean, I think at this point the Heisman is his. Uh, I think he's QB Perrie in this class. Uh, You know, friend of the show, regular guest in the past, John Lobb. You know, I I interacted with him on on Twitter and we were saying that he thinks he's QB Perrie. He thinks he's going top five. Listen, I think he's in there. I think he's in the mix. I think he's going to be QB3. And I think top five, top six are definitely in play with, you know, obviously Caleb Williams and Drake May and, you know, the top tackles, there's two of them will probably be in the top five, top six mix. And then obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Jane Daniels can push his way right into that mix in the top five, top six, top seven, top eight. Uh, I think there's a real chance Jane Daniels can be going top 10, continues every week just to show that dual capability, that playmaking ability. Uh, and the growth and development he has shown throughout his collegiate career is really going to intrigue teams. He's ticketed to go to the Senior Bowl. I mean, I think that's he's going to win over a lot of people down there in Mobile as well. Uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams, teams both suffered losses this week. Drake May, you know, very undermanned against Clemson, uh, 16 of 36, 209 yards, uh, definitely a little bit of a shaky performance, but you see, still see some special plays, some special bros. You know, he had his first touchdown pass was unbelievable. You know, the the play that he made, Caleb Williams, he had 384 yards and only one touchdown. His one touchdown showing off his special arm talent, his ability to flick the wrist, his ability to put, you know, on the move, you know, throw the ball vertically down the field, keep his eyes, you know, and flick it a wrist 50 yards in the air. Uh, so even in defeats, these guys continue to show some of their special traits and characteristics that I think them, make them slam dunk, uh, you know, top one, top two picks in, in the NFL draft there when we get around to April of 2024. couple wide receivers. Uh, I mentioned league Neighbors before, another 140 yards and two touchdowns, continues to just live up to the billing. I mentioned him again. I'll, I'll mention them again. Xavier Leggett continues, uh, that momentum continues to build there for Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. You know, listen, he was a guy that has really seized the opportunity when Juice Wells went down with an injury, uh, you know Xavier Leggett has really risen up, and I think we're talking about a guy who's now in that day for two mix for sure. Uh, really talented player Xavier Leggett uh, coming to the forefront for sure, and then some other guys. Uh, you know, Emeka Egbukba uh, came back two weeks ago, didn't do much his first week back from injury, but last past this past week, five catches, eighty per yards. It's gonna be really exciting to see him the home stretch of this year. Because when this year started, it was Marvin Harrison one, you know, Egbuka two. And now, you know, some people maybe I think have leapfrogged, you know, Egbuka, you know, between Romo Dunze and Malik Neighbors and Keon Coleman and for some, maybe even Troy Franklin. But I think down the stretch of this year, if he has a good game against Michigan, if Ohio State ends up in the playoff, I think there's still time for him to work his way back up in that top four mix there, where right now the hot names are obviously Marvin Harrison, neighbors, Odunze, and Keon Coleman. So we'll keep an eye on that now with him back in the saddle and obviously the big game this upcoming week. If we take this to the Devi a couple guys that I want to make note. They're all big names, but I, I feel like it's time to check in a little bit on, t- on some of the top Devi prospects who are not draft eligible. At the running back position, Jane Ott, 166 yards, one touchdown. On the season, he's almost up 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. With the Penn State duo Nick Singleton and Catron Allen kind of like splitting, I kind of think Jane Ott is going to enter this, the the offseason as the number one underclassman, you know, Debbie running back, you know, based on the guys that declare in terms of who's not draft eligible right now. I think Ott's going to be that guy that, that moves to the forefront on that list. The wide receiver position, listen, every year I feel like we have these elite guys. That's going to be the case again next year. Tet McMillan and Luther Burden. This past week, Tet McMillan of Arizona, 8 catches, 116 yards and 1 touchdown. Luther Burden from Missouri, 9 catches, 158 yards. McMillan's up to almost 70 catches for 1,000 yards and 9 touchdowns. Luther Burden is closing in on 80 catches, over 1,100 yards and 8 touchdowns. Both of these guys are going to put up monster statistical years. They're going to go into next year as two more guys who, who have the capability, just like we're talking about the four this year, Harrison, Neighbors, Odunze, and Keon Coleman as top 15 players. I think Tep McMillan and Luther Burden are going to be two guys very much in that similar uh, you know, stratosphere next year as well as being guys that we think could be middle of the first round or, or late top 10 picks. Uh, both of them extremely talented players for sure. So again, just like to check in on some of the top Debbie assets, Ott, McMillan, Burden, three of the best, three guys who I can't imagine next year, we're not talking about them near the top of their positional ranks, when we're talking about the 2025 NFL Draft. If we take this over to the NFL side of it for segment and forward tonight, NFL Rookie Report, listen, it's been the year of the rookie quarterbacks getting opportunities. I I mean, the number that has played has been staggering. So rather than talk about C.J. Stroud and his greatness and Bryce Young and him struggling and and stuff like that and Will Levis, you know, had a had a rough week this week. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other guys. You know, Dorian Thompson Robinson. It's now his show in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson's out the year. They made Thompson Robinson the starter over P.J. Walker this past week. He leads a game-winning drive to lead to a field goal to beat Pittsburgh. Uh, it was a low-scoring game, but they let Dor- Thompson Robinson throw it 143 times. 24, 43, 165 yards, added 20 yards with his rushing. It's going to be really interesting to kind of see Cleveland's got an elite defense. They got a good run game. It's going to be interesting to kind of see what they let DTR do, how much they ask of him. I mean, 43 passes, is the first game he's playing. They're not going to baby him, it doesn't look like. So that's going to be fun to see down the stretch here. Can they make the playoffs with him? Uh, my hometown team, the New York Giants, you know, undrafted, you know, quarterback out of, you know, uh, formerly Syracuse, Illinois, Tommy DeVito, 246 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, it was a really good performance for him. Like, listen, there's still so many issues in terms of him, you know, pre and post snap recognition, working his progressions quickly the mental processing, all that stuff led to nine sacks. A lot of them were on him, but listen, when he, when he had time to throw the ball, he was willing to push it. He had a good yards per attempt, uh, 246 yards per touchdowns you know, it was was an impressive performance from him. And then Aiden O'Connell, who's, listen, the season now for the Vegas team, you know, is is in Aiden O'Connell's hands. 271 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. But there's been a lot of buzz about Aiden O'Connell since, you know, formerly many people thought he could be a day two guy. Then last year in college didn't go great. He went to, he goes to early round four. Vegas takes him. They raved about him in the summer, in, in the preseason. Uh, there were a lot of positive vibes on Aiden O'Connell. We'll see if he's a guy who could potentially, uh, you know, get that long-term job there and get an opportunity. But I'll be interested uh, to see what happens there. Uh, take us to the running back position, a couple things. Devin Aitchane left the game injured again. It's 50-50 whether he's going to play on the Black Friday game against the Jets this week. Obviously, you know, a guy that size, that's concerned. But these have not really been injuries due to, you know, physicality. This has been, These have been, you know, knee injuries. Like he, his ability to, to cut and his speed that he moves and stuff like that, it could lead to some injuries. But I'm excited to still get him on the field. If anybody's overly starting to get overly concerned about the injuries, now would be a time to go aggressively. And I mean aggressively try to get him on your dynasty team. Uh, if people are worried about that, and then Zach Charbonnet, Kent Walker left the game injured. I'm not sure I heard any update on his status, whether or not he's going to miss any significant time. But Zach Charbonnet is going to be the guy there. This past week, 21 touches in that game against the Rams, 15 carries for 47 yards, six catches for 22 yards. Charbonnet is going to get a real opportunity here if, if Kent Walker is going to miss some time. You know, Seattle's got three really tough opponents on the docket after that upset uh, let this past Sunday by the Rams over them. It's going to be interesting to kind of see if Seattle can keep, you know, the trajectory going towards the playoffs. You know, they were aggressive at the trade deadline, trade a two and a five for Leonard Williams. Uh, but if they go on a little bit of a pregame, you know, three or four game losing streak here, or lose three out of four, it's going to really put a damper on, on their playoff chances. And now Charbonnet really gets put to the forefront here of whether he can carry that run game without Kent Walker, if, if Walker's going to miss time due to injury this to the pass catchers, Dalton Kincaid continues to see a lot of targets in that Buffalo pass offense now. He is easily passed Gabe Davis to be the guy who who's basically the second read, uh, the guy they want to feed the ball to if it's not Stefan Diggs, another six catches, 46 yards. And then at the wide receiver position, let's start with the good. The good is Tank Dow continues to just be ridiculous. Eight catches, 149 yards, and one touchdown, continues to win at all three levels of the field. Continues to win on the outside. Impressive performance by Tank Dell again. Uh, Jaden Reed, you know, very versatile player. It was one of the most versatile wide receivers in this class. Inside, outside versatility. Could use him in a lot of different ways. This past week, four catches, 46 yards, Barique carries 46 yards, and a touchdown. Jaden Reed uh, making plays there for the Packers in their upset win this past weekend. Let's go to the bad. And that's Quinton Johnson. Everybody's seen the drop. If you're listening to this show, I'm sure you've seen the drop. It was as bad of a drop as you'll see in the National Football League. I was concerned about Quinton Johnson and his ability to translate to the next level. But under no circumstance did I expect it to go like this. This bad. In an offense that has got an elite level quarterback and Justin Herbert. The, the, the skies parted, basically. Mike Williams gets injured. Josh Palmer gets injured. So even if they didn't want to rush Quentin Johnson to a bigger role, he was thrust into that role. We see young wide receivers making an impact all over the National Football League, and Quentin Johnson continues to struggle, lining up in the wrong spots, not I always had concerns about his route running, his understanding of route concepts. He didn't play up to his size, he didn't show he didn't play up to those measurements. He dominated in the Big 12. Uh, he did a lot of stuff after the catch that just was there in the big 12. And right now they, there's gotta be a lot of question marks. Chargers got to wonder if they really blew that. They had their choice there. Obviously, uh, Smith and the Jigbo was taken, but if I, unless I'm not remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure Zay Flowers was there. I'm pretty sure Jordan Addison was there. I know he had that run of four wide receivers in a row. I'm pretty sure it went JSN, Quinton Johnston, then Zay Flowers and then Addison. Uh, I mean, you look at the guys, you know, they might be saying, you know, we could have got Josh Downs. We could have got Tank Dow. We could have got Jalen Hyatt, who, yeah, he hasn't made a lot of plays, but when he's been given opportunities, he showed that game breaking ability to, to win vertically. Him and Justin Herbert would have th- been a thing of beauty. So, a lot of things. I didn't expect to be this bad. Hopefully, he can turn it around. Uh, I don't want my pre draft concerns ever to be right on a player in terms of him not working out. I hope that, you know, any guy that I have question marks, I hope they basically shove it down my throat. To be honest with you, I want these guys to succeed. You know, they worked their whole lives to get there. Uh, I had my questions about Quentin Johnson and, you know, right now it's looking a little bit like a Jalen Rager, a little bit like a Kevin White situation. That's how bad it's been. Uh, There's still time. He's a young player. They probably didn't expect him to be pushed into the mix too much this year with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen when the year started and another good young player in Josh Palmer, uh, who I think they took in the third round. But when you make an investment in round one, you have high expectations. So I think they did anticipate maybe him developing into their number one wide receiver long-term once Keenan Allen slowed down. Or right there with Mike Williams as a 1A, 1B type thing. So there's there's a lot to question right now. And you know, again, I continue to go back to why when I scout wide receivers, I'm looking for separation. I'm looking for route running because those are the traits that stand out the most this year. And if if you don't have them, I want to see elite ball skills. I want to see winning at the catch point. That's why I love Keon Coleman. I love Romo Dunze. Are they the most refined route runners? No, not yet. But they dominate vertically down the field. They dominate at the, at the, uh, at the catch point, going up and getting it—that's not how Clinton Johnson wins. It wasn't how we won in college, and right now, a lot of those concerns have came to came to fruition this year. And we'll see if he can turn it around. If we take this to the fantasy dynasty report for the week, a couple guys, couple sells, couple buys. You know, it's harder to keep doing this week, week, in and week out. Not a lot changes, but I did come up with guys. Some guys I'd be checking in on. They're valued to buy, and I'd be checking in, you know, on what I could possibly get for them in terms of selling them if I own them. So let's start with the let's start with the two buys. The two buys are two wide receivers, Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Waddle, and the reason for it is neither one of them has lived up to expectations this year. In redraft leagues, they were both taken in the second round. Uh, in Dynasty leagues, Jalen Waddle was a top 10 wide receiver when the year started, I think. Devonta Smith wasn't too far behind. And both of them really haven't lived up to expectations this year. Part of it is Waddle's been a little banged up. He missed some games. Tyree Kill's been ridiculous. In the Philadelphia situation, great offense, a lot of mouths to feed. A.J. Brown's been unbelievable. Dallas Goddard prior to his injury had a couple big games. And it just didn't seem that every, it just kind of seemed that Devonta Smith was the, the guy left out at times. But both of these guys to me still belong top 12 to top 15 in wide receiver ranks. I still think their long-term trajectory is to be great NFL players. So if they're still not being valued by whoever owns them as top 15-ish wide receivers, I would be aggressively going to buy both you know, former Alabama teammates, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle came into the, the draft together that year. Uh, those would be my two buys for the week. Yeah, they're not going to come cheap or anything, but maybe their price is a little bit reduced than what it was just a couple of months ago. So that those are two guys that I'd be looking to see if I can buy them right now. And then a couple of players to sell. Let's start with the one that I would say most obvious sell. At this point, I mentioned it last week with Damian Pierce that I was very concerned I'd get out now. That's kind of how I feel about Najee Harris because the writing's been on the wall since the end of last year, then in training camp. Jalen Ward is just a more explosive player for them. And they wanted they invested a lot in Najee Harris. So they wanted to make it work. And you're gonna still see him part of the the team there. But slowly but surely he's gonna start losing work. And whether it's this year or whether it's next year, I just think his days of being anything close to a bell cow or a lead of a committee are probably gone. And again, the running back landscape in dynasty is really dreadful, to be frankly honest with you. So if somebody's still valuing him as top 15, top 18, top 20, similar to what I said about Damian Pierce last week, if you're not contending right now and you need whatever they can give you the rest of this year, get out now. Get a second round rookie pick. Get a young player with some upside and get out now when they still have some value. My second and third sells, there's definitely more nuance. It's definitely more of a checking-in process than a flat-out sell process. One is Trevor Lawrence. I've been on record. It seems like we're giving him a really long leash, and I I love Trevor Lawrence coming out, and I want him to be successful, and I think we all kind of washed away his rookie year Because of Urban Meyer and the disaster that he was in the NFL. And then last year we said, okay, this is really Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. And then we're like, okay, now we're ready to see the next jump. I don't feel like we've seen that next jump. I don't feel like we've seen them take the next step. Now they won handedly this past weekend. That might be the time just to check because I'm not sure anymore that Trevor Lawrence is going to reach that top five, top six range where he was going to be right there in the mix with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. That even if he didn't get to the Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts level, we kind of thought he was going to get to that Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow level and be right on par with those guys. I'm not sure anymore. I haven't seen anything from Trevor Lawrence yet to make me think that's his ceiling, but I still think his value is And his perceived value is still pretty high. So check in, maybe. Yeah, obviously in two quarterback leagues or super flex. It's very hard to sell quarterbacks of this ilk. But if you could sell Trevor Lawrence and put yourself in position to get Drake May or Caleb Williams or even Jaden Daniels with his rushing ability, I might be willing to in the summer, in the offseason. If you're in a one quarterback league and you got a decent another guy, I might be willing to sell him. Because I'm not sure he's going to be this fantasy. Even if I think he puts it together a little bit, I'm not sure we're going to see gaudy fantasy numbers. So, Trevor Lawrence is the second sell. Third one is is a, is a one that, a player I love. And that's T. Higgins. The rest of this year is basically a lost year for T. Higgins. He's been hurt a lot. Who knows when he comes back? When he comes back, he doesn't have Joe Burrow. If a, if Jake Browning or whoever ends up quarterbacking the Bengals the rest of the year has any good weeks, probably going to be via Jamar Chase. He's not going to be able to keep Jamar Chase and T. Higgins viable in fantasy this year. So I think this year is a lost year. So you're not getting anything the rest of this year. Anything that's going to help you win anything of significance. So even if you're a contender, you can think about this. In the offseason, he's a free agent. We're sure are going to bring him back. He's going to want a monster deal. There's teams like Carolina that are desperate for a wide receiver one that are going to pay T. Higgins above and beyond probably his market value and good for him to get it. But he goes somewhere else. Yeah, in theory, he might be the wide receiver one. But he's, he's going to get better defensive coverage. He's not going to have Jamar Chase drawing a lot of attention. And he's not going to have Joe Burrow. I mean, yes. You want to sit here and say if he teams up, if he ends up in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, sure. It doesn't seem like the Chiefs are going to go the expensive free, free agent wide receiver route. If they were going to do that, they probably would have found the way to make it work with Tyreek Hill. I think they feel like they could keep taking their stabs at it in the draft and let Mahomes do his magic. Now, we'll see. If they come up short, if they can't make the Super Bowl, maybe they're aggressive. But even then, so I could see them being more aggressive in a trade for somebody than a monster free agent deal. So I doubt he's going to end up in a pristine situation. A team like Carolina probably is like an ideal situation for him to get his most money if he gets onto the open market. Key Higgins in Carolina does not inspire a lot of confidence in me right now compared to what we've seen in Cincinnati the downgrade in the quarterback, the attention he would get. So he's still very high in dynasty rankings, and for good reason. He's a great young player. But if if you can get somebody to really still give you that extreme value, I might consider it. Because I do think most scenarios for T. Higgins will have his value decreasing in the offseason. Very few values... Will have it maintaining, or or and then even less. Will have it increasing. So, look into maybe the the sale price, what what you can get for Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins. I would almost really look to get out on Najee Harris, and I'd look to buy Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. So there's the NFL Dynasty Fantasy report for this past week. So there it is, guys. Another. NFL Draft Report, Debbie Sland, NFL Rookie Report, and NFL Fantasy Dynasty Report in the books. Hopefully you enjoy the coverage we're providing here for you. It's almost, you know, the pre-draft months are our favorite months here. We, we do so much great coverage, so many great guests. Uh, we're, we're pushing closer towards the end of this college football season. As the college football season winds down, we kind of kick into gear even more here. So hopefully uh, you continue to stick with us for all the great coverage we have uh, you know, as the season winds down and then as we turn to the all-star circuit, the combine and the pre-draft evaluation months for sure. If you're enjoying this content, get over to the website SS Football is the fastest and easiest way to get there. Check out our premium content tab for $9.99. You get access to all of our premium notebooks. It's the best way to help support the show. If you bought it in the past, we hope you consider to purchase it again. If you've never bought it, but you've been a long-time listener, we please encourage you to try to give it a shot. It really does help us to continue to do what we do here at Saturday to Sunday. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.